Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. All right, gobble, gobble, gobble. Hey, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, Advanced Sommelier, your master mixologist, and your, what are we going to say? We're talking about uh, something with a drumstick. <laughs> it's turkey time here in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. You can find us every Saturday right here, 11 a.m. to noon on 570 KVI. Got a lot of stuff going on. Um, wow, tonight is Taste of Tulalip, and if you've never been, uh, you should, you've got a couple hours to get up there. It's the most amazing event ever. International wines, fantastic food, um, just so many great producers from around the world, and of course, Washington and Oregon, California. It's uh, so fun. They got the best chefs. I mean, seriously, great food. It's Tasted Tulalip. It's happening tonight. You have a chance, get up there. And uh, coming up on Monday is the Space Needle Wine Academy. It's the uh, holiday wine list, November 17th, spaceneedle.com, backslash wine academy. Hang out with my friend uh, Jeffrey Dorgan, 2009 Sommelier of the Year, up there at Sky City. It's 30 bucks, great food, great wine, and a great education at spaceneedle.com backslash wine academy well i'm excited about today's show i've got uh my friends the lovely editor the lovely aaron james of sip magazine cidercraft in sip california will be in studio and uh we'll be hosting um my friend right now is paul duncan the chef de cuisine of uh, the iconic ray's boathouse out there in ballard on the pacific on puget sound and paul duncan welcome to happy hour well, thanks for having me, Christopher. Hey, excited about it. So uh, you've been at Ray's Boathouse for uh, over a year now? Yes, about uh, 18 months. 18 months. And you uh, just took over for uh, Wayne, Wayne Johnson. Correct. And a uh, cool guy. We loved him at, uh, was it Andaluca? Yes. Yeah. And see him at uh, Taste of Washington. Um, fun guy. He's got a new gig down in Renton, I believe. Doing he does. some soul food, was it? Or New Orleans? Uh- I think he's doing some soul food and a little jazz on the weekends. Well, that's a place, a destination itself. I'm sure he's he's liking that whole soul proprietorship. But for you, uh, you had a little history in Hawaii, and now you found yourself in another uh, little seaside town, right? The that's, town of Ballard? That's very correct, yes. So you, uh, you're you an Oregon guy, is that right? Born and raised in Portland, yes. Oh, okay. And are you a Timbers fan or a Sanders fan? Uh I'd have to go for the Timbers. <laughs> I uh, do recall my parents bringing me to the games back in the 70s. So, Oh, good. Yeah, a lot of history there. Stay true, man. You know, right. don't be a... We don't want any jump uh, bandwagon, jumpers, honors, or whatever you call them, but uh, we'll see what the uh, Sanders do. But let's talk about some food. Ray's Boathouse, been there, I think, what, you're 32 years now or something like that? It's over 40. Oh, my goodness. Celebrated oh, wow. our 40th last summer. Actually, two summers ago, so we're uh, 41 going to 42. Ah, that's what I meant. 42. That's what I was <laughs> looking for. Uh, such a great location. I know you did a remodel uh, about a year and a half ago. It was the last summer already. It goes by, doesn't oh, it? Was it was about 
about two years ago. Two mm-hmm. years ago, see. And that's just a, a fantastic location. Um, I like it when it's not really sunny out because that means it's not totally crowded for me. And <laughs> I think um, it's good to see a crowd, but uh, I really enjoy it when it's just you, know, you me, the water, and um, some tasty food and beverages. And speaking of beverages, you got my good pal uh, Doug Zellers over there, the general manager, who uh, is a sommelier, and he used to be at the Washington Athletic Club. He's uh, helping with that beverage program? He is. He is. He's... Uh Really brought it around with the help of uh, Eden Schmitz. Oh, and, Eden's uh, over there. He is. Yeah. I like him. So they've kind of done the, the one-two punch and helped us collaborate with uh, LaCole and uh, Marty Club to release uh, Ray Chardonnay just oh. last month. So, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So now we have a, a LaCole uh, product with our label on it and our logo and... That's great. Making wine for us. Yeah, Marty, that was, uh, shoot, 1983, I think they got started. So yeah. they're coming up on 40 years as well. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Uh, so that's the first Ray's um, signature wine? It is. Oh, neat. Yes. And it yep. works out. Chardonnay is still a, a tasty, popular white wine. And, Absolutely. Um, you guys do a Thanksgiving. It's a sit-down plated meal, but or do you have a buffet? Uh, we historically have always done buffet upstairs in the cafe, which is... Uh, the larger dining space, a little bit more casual. Uh, and then downstairs in the boathouse where the remodel took place, uh, we will have sit-down, um, you know, your your, your typical uh, holiday fare, prime rib, mm. uh, turkey with all the fixings. Salmon? Um, yes, of halibut? course, salmon. Um, maybe not halibut maybe this halibut. year. Okay. Yeah. Um, but other whitefish, for sure. We we pride ourselves on, on local and what we're getting out of the, out of the waters off of Washington, so... Uh, whatever we could find to replace a nice flaky white fish, we certainly will. Um, you know, pride ourselves in in offering all the Northwest abundance, and uh, just look forward to having a good time with. And what I love about uh, Salties, who we had on last week, and of course Ray's, is that not only do you have a great location, but you're, you're invested. It's not like you just popped up and said, hey, how do we do this? You guys are experts at creating fresh food, uh, a great dining experience, and of course, you know, it's a little remote, but it's so worth it, and now's the time to go. It really is. When, you know, the, the tourist season is over, you get there at, uh, when's your happy hour start? That's what I want to know. Uh, a happy hour downstairs in the boathouse starts at 4 o'clock. Um, we'll call it the sunset happy hour because I swear it's getting dark at four o'clock. That's perfect. It certainly is. Yes, yes. You could almost call it uh, what happened to the sunset happy hour. Um, <laughs> but we also have a, a sunset supper menu, which is a first course seating menu. So you can either enjoy happy hour at the bar or come and sit at one of the tables, make a reservation, as a matter of fact, for that. And uh, we're putting together it's a three course, uh, $30 menu. Um, and That uh, sounds you know, awesome. It's good. And people have been and, enjoying it. Yeah, and what's great about it is that, you, you know, you still have a reputation to uphold, so you're not, I mean, it's easy to look at some numbers and they go, okay, we've got to get some traffic in here, but really, I mean, you only have one kind of product. You rarely bring in something else. So, well, let's buy a bunch of this so we can sell it to these people for less. No, you're just the same kind of product. You guys are, you guys are a, a sleek, efficient machine, and being in the hospitality, not to use the word machine, but it's really about being efficient and also maintaining a great value. Right, that's absolutely correct. We we source all fresh seafood, all fresh ingredients, Northwest bound, um, and rarely do we compromise. Actually, we never compromise on what we're putting <laughs> on a plate, whether like it be that. whether it be for happy hour or for a uh, for a three course menu. So we yeah. stay we stay true. Well, sometimes I understand that, uh, you know, it's not compromised. There's some great farm-raised salmon 
There is some from Nova Scotia or from uh, Scotland. I think's got some good stuff. There's there's a there's an outfit that started in in BC a few years back, and they are going to be one of the only uh, organically labeled um, uh, king salmon. And uh, we've tried it. Um, and yes, it's a great product, but we still use all fresh. Well, that's wild good. I tell you, salmon. I mean, I, you know, where you find that fresh fish in January is <laughs> something else. But that's the beautiful beauty about Ray's. So um, you got Thanksgiving dinner, and I know that we just had in October the restaurant week, but there's something else out there. What's it called? It's uh, Dine Around Seattle. Dine Around Seattle. Well, this is such a benefit, a value, and a, a great opportunity for uh, uh, the local kind to get out and explore uh, new cuisine and, well, some old haunts and some new haunts as well. Very true. Very true. It's uh, it's a good opportunity to take advantage of, of places that perhaps you haven't been to in a while or perhaps places that, that you're hesitant to, to spend... Uh, you know the the, the typical uh, price per head on um, you know dine around is the month of November. It's uh, Sunday through Thursday. It's lunch upstairs in the cafe, dinner again in the cafe, and then and then dinner from uh, from four thirty to to nine downstairs. You know something to be said for it. And as I look uh, across the you know my calendar, I look at November and December, and there are great opportunities in my future to overeat, <laughs> Almost <laughs> to enjoy definitely. myself, and to overindulge uh, uh, with all the sweets and. And of course the libations, but you know what's kind of cool about those menus is that um, they're quality portions, but it's it's and they're they're fitting. So you you have the great sense of satiety, the beautiful mouthfeel of, of deliciousness, and uh, you can walk away with you know grab a glass of wine, you're still out of there for a very reasonable per head. Yep, that's why we're doing it. Well, it makes sense to me, and I'm speaking with Paul Duncan, the chef de cuisine of Ray's Boathouse. And what's the website? Is it Ray's.com? It is Ray's.com. Ray's.com. R-A-Y-S.com. You can find out uh, their menu, their wine list, uh, the happy hour. they got the great cafe upstairs, uh, which is casual. But if you want to impress your friends and, and some out-of-town guests or just take your lovely significant other or even good pals out, check out the downstairs because that's classic. Uh, I mean, 40 years that is really the canvas of, of really waterfront dining. I mean, because who else is left? Ivers, of course, yep. could be down there, but it's closed. It is Ivers right now, is yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> you've got it. You've got the monopoly on waterfront dining at Rays.com, the boathouse. So chef de cuisine, tell me what that means in the in the world of kitchen brigades. Well, hierarchy, it's <laughs> it's uh, basically the top of the charts. Um, <laughs> I love uh, that. I'm uh, overseeing the... The menus in in the cafe as well as the boathouse, and have uh, a great deal of input in our um, catering menus. Uh, I do have a have a small staff over there that does a lot of the writing, but uh, I like to oversee. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's just one of those levels that uh, where I still get to uh, be creative and I still get to look at the numbers, but. Uh, First and foremost, I just uh, focus on uh, uh, a great product. Well, what's your comfort food dish for you? If you're saying, all right, I'm going to bring some friends in. Here's what I want to eat. I mean, you want to eat everything because you make it, but I get it. I mean, sometimes uh, trout almondine is not as quite as satisfying in November as it is in March or April. Right, precisely. Um, you know, as far as comfort food is concerned, uh, at Ray's, our our Sable fish and sake kasu is probably uh, is probably the one. That um, is the dish. It's uh, it's exotic uh, to some because they've never quite explored that fish, and just the oily nature and the way that we 
uh, prepare it the way that, you know, it's a... That's one of my favorite dishes of all time. Obviously, you get the Japanese influence. Yes. You get that umami. You've got the, the caramelization of the sake, just a little sweetness. But that fish, that sable fish with the oily richness and the very, very soft, tender texture, um, it's just mouthwatering. You see a, a scoop of rice on the side, I hope? little rice and an oyster ginger sauce, yes. Ah, yeah, so you get even a little more exotic in there. Um, do you guys buy the sake lees on the side? Is that something you can order, or do you have to buy some nigori and just reduce it or something? We actually buy the paste. The paste. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. In about a 50-pound block. Yeah. And so. uh, how big are sable fish? Uh, do you, you get them in fresh, and so you must see them. We do. We get them in fresh. Um, they are bycatch, so sometimes they do come in frozen. We get them head off, and they can be anywhere from... I've seen anywhere from 7 to 18 pounds. But that's not a bad frozen fish because you get no. so much oil content that mm-hmm. it's really going to maintain that, that richness of flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm, Very much that so. makes me hungry. Well, that's a good one. I'm glad I asked because uh, it's it, that's a preparation that takes a little work. And it's yeah. hard to do at home. Doesn't it take like two days? Uh, we're doing it in about three and a half. Three so, and a half so, days. So we put a, an extra day there. Yeah. Well, a, that's exactly it. So if you want to go out and you're, you're craving something that is so good and it takes you really 72 hours to... It does. You got to... In fact, I don't know what you're going to do with a 50-pound block of sake paste at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully nothing. <clears throat> Hopefully nothing. <laughs> well, um, that could be the new butter or something like that. That's I haven't true. had it, though. And I always had an idea that I wanted to use... Uh, some Chardonnay leaves. In fact, I have some leaves at home, and I've worked on it. I just haven't done a black sable fish. I've worked mm. on it. I mean, leaves is a great tenderizer. You get that uh, uh, autolysis, the uh, organic, the, what are they trying to say, the chemical processes that go in there. Well, pretty neat. Um, I love it. Uh, haven't had Ray's in. It's such a treat to meet you. Uh, speaking with Paul Duncan, Chef de Cuisine. If you want to visit uh, Chef Paul, you can check out Ray's.com. But you're open seven days a week? That's correct. Yes, okay. we're, we're open uh, from 11.30 to, to 10 upstairs in the cafe, and then the boathouse opens at uh, 4.30 uh, during the week and 4 o'clock uh, for happy hour on the weekends. Awesome. 4 o'clock for happy hour. That's, that's it. It's right now. It's the weekend. We've got a couple hours to figure it out. If you're not going to taste it till it, you're heading over to Ray's tonight. How many menu items do you got on that menu, happy hour menu? On the happy hour menu downstairs, we have eight and upstairs, yeah, it's about 8 to 10. Full meal deal. Full meal. I love it. Well, Paul Dungan, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to seeing you out at Ray's Boathouse. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, coming up on the show, I've got Miss Erin James, the uh, editor for Sip Magazine, Cidercraft, and Sip California. So stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, this is Keith Robbins from Teeny Biggs and Hula Hula. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KBI. The home of the great one. Mark Levin. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KBI. KBI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio, the home of the great one right here, Mr. Happy, Mr. Happy Hour. That's me, Christopher Chan. So excited to have the two lovely ladies of the Northwest uh, publishing world, Miss Kristen Ackerman and Aaron James in the house. Kristen and Aaron, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you for Thank having you. us. So excited, and it's been a while, and uh, just waiting for this whole magazine thing to really catch hold. I understand that... <laughs> It's uh, working well. Tell me, Kristen, about uh, the inspiration behind SIP Northwest. 
Well, I've been in publishing for about 15 years and um, grew up in eastern Washington and have lived in Seattle for most of my life. And we have such a great liquid culture here. And obviously, we know we have great wineries. And um, more recently, in the past five so years, we've had just a number of amount of amazing breweries pop up and um, also cider we're seeing really kind of emerging into this market. So there was really not another publication out there that was talking about everything. And I thought that there's, you know, definitely a crossover between drinkers. <laughs> so <laughs> thought that this would be a good concept and, and it and it stuck. We're here four years later and um, rapidly growing and, and launching new publications. So um, we're excited. So I love the fact that you say uh, you grew up in eastern Washington. Oh, yeah. Because we never really say we grew up in western Washington. We have <laughs> cities over here. What do you got? Where were you from over there? <laughs> I was from a wonderful town called Pasco, Washington. Pasco. Yes. I love cruising through Pasco. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Snake River. Yep. A Columbia River. And the Snake. Yeah. Yeah, well, right there. Yeah, there's two bridges <laughs> on my roads to Walla Walla. <laughs> um, so four years ago, you you got out of a different publishing world and yep. said, hey, I like this whole beverage culture. The What did you call it? Liquid? Our liquid culture. Liquid culture, yeah. yeah. Um, were you in a lifestyle magazine prior to this? or I actually owned a custom publishing company with two other business partners, and we did custom magazines for high-end hotels and resorts around the country, um, which was awesome, very lucrative. But, um, you know, it just it, it wasn't a brand. We obviously couldn't own a St. Regis brand or any of those. Um, so I really wanted something that was my own and um, something I could, you know, be kind of get back to community on. Um, a lot of the magazines I was working with, I mean, I've been in that industry where we've been, you know, we talk with advertising agencies in New York and it's, you know, so just about numbers and everything. And I wanted to get back to, you know, a community feeling magazine where I'm talking to the producers and, you know, they're, they're you know, I'm talking to the owners of these companies and they're excited and passionate about what they do. And it's just um, it's it's exciting to kind of help elevate some of these smaller um, producers that have been out there that haven't gotten much uh, recognition because, they don't have, you know, for lack of a better word, huge, massive marketing budgets. So. We need to change that. We need some huge, <laughs> massive marketing budgets. Uh, yeah, of course. Well, I remember when I first uh, um, stumbled upon the magazine, obviously at a trade event, um, I was blown away. I mean, and I'm still blown away. It's, it is by far the most beautifully laid out magazine. I, in fact, I was like, who is this? Where are these California people coming into our backyard <laughs> putting it? And lo, lo and behold, it was it was local, which is really um, wonderful to know. Yeah. Um, but the Northwest is really a hotbed for publishing, and we've got all sorts of magazines. And and um, and with Seattle Met, Seattle Met, Much Politan, the Alaska Airlines Magazine, four two five. I mean, we like to read. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why. I mean, a lot of people thought I was absolutely crazy. In fact. Um uh, Tom Douglas, I remember when I was launching the magazine, he was like, he's like, you're absolutely crazy for launching a print magazine. And, you know, and I always just think about that. And, and you know, maybe I was, but I, I wanted a publication where people sat down and just took the time to to read it from front, you know, front to back and, um, you know, just just wasn't in a hurry. I think that we constantly are looking for, you know, fast news. And that's what you know the Internet is great for. But the last thing I want to do after being on a computer eight days, eight hours a day is, you know, read a magazine magazine online. So I, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of get back to old school a little bit and, and get people just, you know, digging in and reading again. Agreed. So. Agreed. And there's such a beauty to this, some textual components to print mm-hmm. and having um, just the great a touchy-feely magazine versus scrolling down and being inundated with pop-up ads and yeah. being distracted and clicking and next you know you're gone. Yeah. There's also the emotional nostalgia of, of tangibly touching 
a magazine, I feel like it's it's you have your fingers on the gloss and it really just makes the images pop and the words dig in a little bit further. I think. Yeah, and you're at your own pace and you can mm-hmm. in, really enjoy it. You don't have to be plugged in. Being plugged in is sometimes uh, overwhelming. Oh yeah, absolutely. Exhausting. Oh, and uh, con- congratulations on on having a community. And, and Aaron James, you're part of this beverage community. I believe you were a wine rep at one point. Is that what happened? <laughs> that is true, yes. Yeah, I remember that uh, back in my day. That's <laughs> already a year ago. I've been working in, in Seattle food and beverage for, or had been for over um, over a decade, and I've been writing in um, the Northwest food and beverage for almost a decade. So. I remember what was that uh, cute little magazine? Um, those two cats had it. Those two um, guys. Oh my gosh, Wino. Wino. Yes, that's right. Doug and Josh. Doug and Josh. Yes. Yeah, Doug Hogg and that's, Josh. That was my first writing gig out of college. So. Batting for those guys that took a chance on me, and it was the rest is history. I know. Would you cue up some ABBA right now when yeah. you hear that song? <laughs> um, but uh, it's great the fact that you actually have an academic background in journalism, correct? I do, yes. I am a graduate of the Edward R. Murrow School of Journalism from Washington State University. Go Kooks! Go Kooks! Yep. Yes. Uh, I've Proud. always been jealous about that particular school because. Uh, you've got great people, and especially here in Seattle and Northwest, who have those kind of degrees, either on air on, on, uh, or in print and on the byline. So very fun. So, uh, Kristen, you, you have a, a great uh, um, a staff. I mean, how do you find these people? A lot of research. I mean, we we kind of we we talk to a lot of other writers, you know, and ask kind of who they would recommend. I mean, we we know kind of being immersed in each of these areas, you know, who's constantly out there, who's in front of people, who our wineries are talking about, you know, or or breweries, and you know, um, just you know, recommendations and just. You know, we do a lot of trade stuff, and we create relationships with a lot of these writers and Who are some, some of these people? bloggers. Um, Kendall Jones is one of our. You know, he's been a beer writer with us for a long time. Um, Treve Ring out of BC. She's like one of our favorites. She's our regional BC editor, and she's a sommelier, and I don't know, like she has thirty other certifications and spirits <laughs> and everything else. Um, she's amazing. Um, who else? Amy Pennington. I've actually known her since I was 14 years old. I saw her last week. Yeah, she, al- she always jokes and is like, oh, I knew Kristen back when she was 15. She was such a little... <laughs> we also have that. some great <laughs> Seattle greats like Jill Leitner, who was uh, f- with Edible Seattle forever. She's a fantastic food writer and a super enthusiastic uh, cider writer, which is tough to find. A cider C- writer. I was going to say it's tough to find cider writers, and Jill knows, Jill knows her stuff, so... That's a good person to have on board. And we have some fantastic uh, Portland-based writers as well. Um, We have a very new up-and-coming spirits writer, uh, Brett Conan, who's just in it as much as she possibly can be in the Seattle scene in Portland. Brett's a woman's name. Yes. Brett's oh, okay. A, mm-hmm. Brett is a woman, yes. All right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're lucky. We have a really talented editorial team, and then Kristen's got some Who's on the editorial stars. team? Well, the, all those people are writers. Okay, I see. But me. Ah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. No. I'll have the pleasure of speaking with Kristen Ackerman, the uh, publisher of SIP Northwest Magazine, Cidercraft, and soon to be more great magazines and journals, and Aaron James, the executive Executive editor 
Sure. Editor-in-chief. Sure. Editor-in-chief. Yeah. <laughs> Editor-and-chief. And-chief, yes. Both of those. Editor-and-chief. <laughs> so speaking of the magazine, where <laughs> can people find it, and uh, how can people sort of uh, subscribe? Yeah, so we're on all major newsstands. I mean, typically, I mean, we right now we have our Best of the Northwest issue out there, and I, I've been trying to find it at a couple places, and they're out. But um, you can always uh, subscribe by going online to SIPNorthwest, all spelled out, dot com. Um, PCC, Whole Foods carries it, Barnes & Noble, um, all major newsstands, uh, you can find us. Ah, that's great. And uh, I enjoy it at, at my home on uh, delivery, which is wonderful. It's great to relax, especially during this, this season now where it's a little cooler and we have time to settle down, turn up the heat a little bit, pour ourselves a nice glass of cider <laughs> or wine or a microbrew and just dive into our community. I like the sense that you said community because it really is. I know that uh, the wine community is very, very tight. I, did I see you out there at Walla Walla last week? I think it was, it was uh, a tough week. Um, but uh, it's great to have a magazine that represents us all so beautifully. Yeah. And, um, Thank you. I look forward to seeing. I haven't yet seen Cidercraft. Did you bring one of those for me to review? We didn't actually. It is being delivered in about 40 minutes. 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, definitely drop one by. We're really proud of that magazine. Uh, it's the first ever publication dedicated solely to cider in North America. We've already, out of the gate with our first issue, got all, uh, <coughs> newsstand coverage um, across the country and up into Canada. And um, it's just, it's, it's just a beautiful magazine, but very educational. I think that a lot of um, our cideries are using it to give to buyers at the different distributors and uh, grocery stores to kind of just get a better handle on what cider is all about. It was just, I think everybody kind of thought it was just such this one-dimensional drink. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Just this sweet, you know, almost compared it to Mike's Hard Lemonade kind of thing. But there's just, it's like wine. Let's there's... not compare it to Mike's. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I would God. never. I would never. But it's been done. So, um, um, but the, I mean, it's is just, that Cidercraft its own website too, or is yeah, it combined? it's CiderCraftMagMag.com. CiderCraftMag.com. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk more about uh, this great world of publishing, and of course, our great community, and uh, dive into perhaps some uh, ideas for Thanksgiving. I know that you've had a chance to taste lots of different uh, wines and spirits and uh, breweries and beers and ciders. I want to know what's going to go well with gobble gobble turkey dinners. So stick around here, speaking with Kristen Ackerman. Publisher of Sip Northwest Magazine and the editor-in-chief, Ms. Aaron James of Sip Northwest and Cidercraft, right here on Happy Hour Radio. Hello, I'm John Patterson with Patterson Sellers. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. He's live. He's here. Sean Hannity. Weekdays, noon to 3, only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalia, Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio here on Saturday, November 15th. Having a great day. Uh, what a beautiful bunch of weather we're having, huh? Don't you agree? It's it's time for some red wine, some mashed potatoes, some gravy, some stuffing, pecan pie, candied yams, uh, tasty cider, and some uh, lofty micro-brews. And I had the pleasure of speaking with Kristen Ackerman and Aaron James, both of Sip Magazine, Cider Craft, and more to come. So ladies, tell me... Uh, um, 
it's the season, so what are we drinking? Where do you want to start? How about we start with cocktails? If I was having you over, well, we'd start with cocktail first. Yes, then we move into sparkling. It's harder to go back from wine to cocktails. It's easier to go to cocktails because you're having wine for the rest of the night. So I'm, I'm pitching you. I'm hosting you, entertaining you. What would you suggest as a holiday festive cocktail to start? Hmm. Mm. Well, there's so many. <laughs> I've been really pulled to, I mean, this isn't really winter seasonal, but ginger beer based cocktails. So mm. Moscow Meal is an easy route, although I did have tequila. Um, and uh, What is that, uh, Moscow Burro? Yeah, I think I had the guess. Uh, that would make sense. Yeah. I did have tequila, Michigan. Rachel's ginger beer, and um, uh, creme de cassis liqueur. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. I had that up at Witness on Saturday night. But... Um, Odd Society Spirits up in, I think they're in Vancouver, uh, East Vancouver, has a creme de cassis that they make um, with local currents. It's stunning. We can get it here in Seattle and Northwest or in Washington, down here in the States. That's tricky. It's tricky. (laughs) But you can can probably make it happen. You can bring it on the clipper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You You can take it across the border. You just might pay some extra taxes. Well, those are the Moscow Mule. It's all about the ginger beer. Now, that ginger mm-hmm. beer has to be, for me, um, taste of fresh ginger and bright and have lots of spice to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Rachel's, you said is Rachel's ginger beer? Mm-hmm. Rachel's, yeah. Yeah, she, she makes a great one. I haven't had it yet. I'm dying to try it. Um, she has a beautiful new space in Pike Place Market, right under Steelhead Diner. It's mm-hmm. really cool. You oh, is that it? it? Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and they have yeah. a lot of their seasonal flavors. It's fantastic. And their blood orange is my favorite. Mm, so all right. Good. Well, what other cocktail might we have? Something on the rise side. I mean, yeah, I'm a Manhattan I mean, guy. Honest, right? Yeah, I, I'm really into Boulevardiers lately, and it's just a Negroni without gin and um, substitute bourbon whiskey, mm. and it's warm and toasty for the winter, so I'm loving that. Excellent. Well, In our I- best of issue, we have um, Kathy Casey's, our resident cocktail guru, and uh, she does a blackberry rye toddy with three Howells distillery rye whiskey down mm. in Soto. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Let's and see. we have some great winter cocktails um, recipes in the current issue of Sip Northwest. So if you pick it up on newsstands or, or get if a subscription. If you can find it, it's it's, yep. it's moving quick. Yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> wait. Right. You can always get it online. That's so. right. And you can always get it at home, right? Delivered yep. to your this door. So that's this the best true. part. And this yeah. is going to be a great gift. I mean, have someone in your life. Sign them up for... Two-year, three-year subscription. Absolutely. One year, if you want to see if they're not your nice next year. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> so uh, how about some brews, some brewskis? Uh, do you have some seasonal friends uh, that are some friends that are making some seasonal beers around town? Oh, seasonal beers are, are everything for breweries. <laughs> our, our our mailbox has been inundated with seasonal beers lately. So. Which wasn't bad a month ago when we received a bunch of fresh hops that are tough to find anyway. So yeah. if you can get any of those bottled still, which it might be tough to find them, but they're a good find. Um, you say fresh hops, the actual hops? The fresh hop, oh, I wish that we got actual hops delivered. No, like fresh hop <laughs> ales. I see. A style of, of mm-hmm. like early fall beer. So Kind of the Beaujolais Nouveau of... Beers. It mm-hmm. has about that exactly. l- that uh, time frame too. So yeah, yeah that's, that is comparable. Yeah. yeah. So uh, lots of breweries around town, and uh, do you have some breweries in the magazine, the best of Northwest here? Yeah. Best? So for uh, my editor's choice for this current issue for best of, I, I featured um, Ruben's Brews American Rye, uh, which is just it's such a fun beer because there's so much going on aromatically. Uh, there's a ton of citrus on the nose, always that rye. And then same on the palate, the rye kind of barley, malty, mm. grainy. It's it's a very complex beer. Rubens is 
in Ballard, if you don't know Seattleites, get out there. <laughs> um, and An- another the another one we've been absolutely loving lately is Schooner Exact, their ISA. Um, it's just so fresh and crisp and so sessionable. And, ISA oh, is what? Um, Indian Session Ale. Indian Session Ale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a new term for me. Is that a, uh, a lighter style hopped beer that's supposed to... Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it is. And lower, lower <laughs> percentage of alcohol. It's usually under 5%. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's, it's supposed to be, a session ale in general, it's supposed to be sessionable so you can have several of them. Oh, yes. that's a good sit-down session. Now, you know, one of the challenges we've had, in, in my opinion, for um, the microbrain industry is that, that they've always been in 22-ounce bottles. And that, for me, is like, okay, that's a little bit of a commitment because I think sometimes for me a those A commitment? Beers, a 22-ounce is a commitment? There's beer, beer There's beer stoppers for that. Yeah. <laughs> I just want a beer hookup, you know? <laughs> Drink with friends. Isn't that what, isn't that what you're Drink supposed to be doing? Drink with me. Yeah. <laughs> Drink with me. Um, all right, so on to wines. Um, you brought a great wine into the studio because I'm, a, you know, I drink labels because I trust labels because I've had experience with those people, and Tory Moore is one of those labels that I really enjoy. But I have not had this particular wine. Tell Neither me what you have brought. we. All right. Um, well, uh, Monique Bailey at Tory Moore had given this to me. They actually opened up a location, uh, tasting room in Woodenville next to um, Lauren Ashton and um, Otis Kenyon, and she said, "Take this wine." Lay it down for at least another few months and then um, share it with Aaron. So I thought it would be a good wine to bring in here today. And it's their um, 2011 Olson Estate Vineyards from Dundee Hills Pinot Noir. Excellent. And uh, when you said, take this wine, all of you, and drink from it. <laughs> going right it's biblical. In. That's right. I was thinking about tomorrow. It's uh, I'll hear that. Um, so uh, Pinot Noir, 2011 vintage in the Dundee Hills, one of the five, I think it's five, sub-ABAs of... Uh, or is it six? Come Ooh, on. Don't ask me. Shahala Mountains, McMinnville, uh, Eola Amity, uh, Dundee, Mc, and... Say Ribbon Ridge. Ribbon Ridge. Yeah. I think that's five. I think so. Someone will correct me. Call into the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a voicemail. So uh, 2011, Tory Moore has been around for, I think this is probably their 20th vintage coming yeah, up close. Yeah, I, I just read 93. And this vineyard was planted in the early 70s. Uh, it's one of the oldest in, in Dundee. Uh, kind of a pioneering vineyard period at that time at that time in Oregon. So, um, I also was reading. Uh, they've got some cool old plantings. They have some Pomard clone Pinot Noir. They have some uh, Dijon six six seven for Chard. So this is old school classic Burgundian um, clones that are used with Oregon flair. It is Oregon Flair. And, you know, 2011, one of those vintages that people don't necessarily understand because uh, they were, were much more used to the ripe fruit coming in that California style. Um, but great acidity, a little cooler vintage. Um, some challenges here, but with great winemaking comes uh, great wine, especially when you've got a challenging vintage here. So you've got bright acidity, um, juicy fruit. It's more of that red raspberry flavor, of the, just a touch of strawberry um, versus the black cherry notes. And... Uh, the tannin here is, is relatively soft. I think they've taken some great care uh, not to make astringent, which is difficult too when you've got a cooler vintage. You've got uh, a little more stringent tannins. But this would go great with turkey. Oh, and, absolutely. Well, with stuffing, because you've got uh, the ripeness of fruit here, the red cherry flavors, the red raspberry. Um, when we talk about stuffing, we're talking about some salty. We're talking about some savory. And this is right in there, because you've got just hints of that on the, the nose, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love the um I love the eleven vintage and for like that kind of a citrus quality on the nose. It's just really unique. It's like the like when you do a 
a twist on a cocktail. It's just like a spritz of citrus, which I think is just really cool. Vintage specific characteristic, and you Oregon is so good at showing vintage in their wines. That's true, and that's why you appreciate it because each year is different. If you want something that's the same, you buy low end California. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what a treat. This is great to have you both in studio and a finally a chance to, uh, to, to to share some wine with you. I know we typically do this at a trade tasting where we're, we're busy focusing on uh, the producers who are there and the participants and we rarely get a chance to sort of sit down and, and speak and, and learn more about you, which is really fascinating. It's a great career. And uh, go Cougs. You're right. The Apple Cup is coming up two <laughs> weeks is. away, right? Can't wait. Can't in wait. In God City, too. Where would that be? Pullman. Oh, I was going to say Fremont, I thought. <laughs> no, that's center of the universe. Okay. I can see how that'd be confusing. I get confused. <laughs> uh, but I digress. So SIP Northwest Magazine is, the website again is SIP Northwest? SIPNorthwest.com. And Cidercraft Mag. Yep, CiderCraftMag.com. I think CiderCraft Mag is great for everybody because uh, I, I, too, need some more information, more education about uh, the world of cider because there are really so many fantastic varieties of fruit, whether it be pears and apples from around the world, Spain and France, and, of course, our backyard here. Well, and so many different styles. I mean, they're just, it's, there's, there's something for everyone. It's like when I told somebody that I didn't like Riesling a long, long time ago. I <laughs> nearly thought, you. <laughs> I nearly thought they were going to reach across the table and backhand me, but um, I learned a lot about Riesling that year, and I will never say I don't like something. I just haven't found the right thing. Ah, that's it. Yeah. That's all about uh, how we convey our, our comments. Well, ladies, uh, Kristen Ackerman and Aaron James, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hey, uh, folks, uh, stick around. I'm going to pine a little bit here. We're going to meet up with our friends down at uh, Mary Hill Winery and get back to our reality radio segment. It's a day in the life at Mary Hill Winery. Coming up after this break, we'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. This is Dennis Cakebread with Cakebread Sellers. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. Breaking down the big stories. Glenn Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. So excited to have our... uh, our reality radio segment. Right now, it's time for A Day in the Life at Mary Hill Winery. And I'm speaking live to Mr. Scott Sabadini, the cellar master down at Mary Hill Winery. Scott, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Nice to be here. Hey, so uh, you've been in Washington for the last five vintages, including this vintage, of course. And prior to that, you mentioned mm-hmm. you were in Sonoma, California, and New Zealand for a bit. And uh, between the three, tell me, how do you like Washington? Oh, I love Washington. Uh, it's got a great ability to um, make just a diverse variety of, of wines. Uh, you can pretty much grow anything you want up here. And what's been new for you? What new varieties have you ever never touched before until you got down to uh, the little town of Mary Hill? Oh, a lot of them. Uh, we're making 31 different varieties here, so uh, just the, the spread there is, is pretty extreme. I've never gotten to deal with so many grapes in one spot before, so... A lot of fun. Uh, some of the new ones we got coming out now, uh, we have a new Dolcetto. It's going to be hitting the market soon. It's in barrel still. But next year, we'll be bottling a Dolcetto. It's my first time making that. 
and then uh, some other fun ones too, uh, Carmenere and and uh, other stuff, Marsan Roussan. It's really nice uh, white white blend. Yeah, the Marsan Roussan from Washington. It's could be one of those new, really exotic wines. I think coming out in the future here, if not now. Yeah, I think we can do just about everything. But the the Rhone varietals are really really uh, piquing my interest here, and I think we just have the great ability to make those those varieties. Well, congratulations on the last few uh, the last two vintages. You've got some fantastic accolades for Mary Hill Winery, and uh, I know yeah, that's a big team effort down there with you and Richard, and uh, of course uh, the Luthholds, which are wonderful people. Love them. So mm-hmm. tell me, what's happening right now down at Mary Hill Winery? Well, right now uh, we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel after the big crush period. So we're done pulling in grapes. Uh, we got our last grapes in on October 30th. So now all the fermentations are in tank, are uh, finishing up one by one or, or sometimes four by four. And uh, we will drain those off in the morning and overnight. And uh, in the morning we'll jump in the tanks and dig them out by hand, all the grapes that are left in the tanks, and put those in the, the press. It's a big pneumatic press uses uh, compressed air to squeeze squeeze the rest of the wine out of those grape skins and um so those wines are now going into the barrel now as they're becoming finished wines and going through secondary uh, malolactic fermentation in barrel and clean racking wines and clean racking our whites and getting those ready so it's still a still a busy process here. <laughs> right you get uh, you get some time off during uh thanksgiving and christmas i bet right well, hopefully. Um, well, our plan is to be pretty much all done by Thanksgiving. And uh, the Luthholds always have a really great uh, Thanksgiving dinner here at the winery. Everybody's invited, and it's a lot of fun. Craig makes a really delicious turkey, and quite a big one at that. I was going to say, how big a turkey would you have to get? Um, very cool. So tell me, you mentioned something in uh, as you were speaking, a one-by-one one and a four-by-four. Four. Can you help explain that? Oh, I was just saying uh, sometimes one tank's ready and sometimes four of them are ready Uh, at the same time. I see. Okay, cool. And um, also, for all of our listeners out there in Happy Hour Radio Land, malolactic fermentation primarily goes through most every red, correct? I mean, that's kind of, you need to have malolactic when you're making red wine? Yeah, you don't need to have it, but it is uh, a very standard practice and uh, increases uh, the stability of the wine so it won't be quite as susceptible to spoilage later on and also uh, improves the mouthfeel. And, uh, and then, so, so pretty much all the, all the reds will do that. And then when we're doing whites, some of them will, some of them won't. Uh, most of the whites, I guess, won't do ML, but that's really a stylistic choice on a lot of people's parts. But for us, mainly just the reserve Chardonnay is the white that'll go through, through ML. And when you do the Chardonnay, is that ML in barrel? That's in barrel. It's fermented in barrel, ML in barrel, uh, stirred leaves, and uh, it'll stay in barrel for the majority of its time. Well, I, I really love those wines. I think when you have mouth, mouthfeel to a beautiful Chardonnay, it integrates that oak and uh, those wonderful vanilla, toffee, nutty flavors, especially when you get that mm-hmm. lees contact as well. So I'm looking forward to that. So that will be out in, what, uh, 18 months? Um, yeah, a year yeah. maybe? It's- yeah, yes and no. We've experimented with different aging times on, on the Chardonnay. It's really a matter of when it when it's uh, uh, when it's time. You will serve with, no wine. We're happy with it. Yeah. 
yeah. before it's time. Oh, appropriate. Well, Scott Sabadini, the cellar master from Mary Hill Winery. That's what's going on down there. Thanks so much. Hey, I look forward to chatting you again. And, uh, of course, all the people down at Mary Hill are great. And we appreciate you being on Happy Hour Radio. And we'll talk Thank to you much. again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, that's it. I had a great show with uh, Aaron James and Kristen Ackerman, of course, uh, Scott Sabadini, and Paul Duncan, the chef of Ray's. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget, we got Walla Walla Holiday Barrel Tasting and New Year's Eve coming up. But uh, don't forget, also, life's always better with the designated drivers. Cheers. Cheers.